Before I begin, it's important for you to know that you should not conclude that you have the disorder described in this program unless you have been thoroughly studied by your regular doctor and he's ruled out all serious conditions. I do not see patients in my practice unless that has been done. While it is true that most of the common pain experiences people have appear to be due to the disorder I am about to describe, one must be absolutely sure that nothing serious is going on. I have rarely seen a patient with pain in the neck, shoulders, back, or buttocks who didn't believe that the pain was due to an injury, a hurt brought on by some physical activity. I hurt myself while running. The pain started after I lifted my little girl, or when I tried to open a stuck window, or perhaps ten years ago I was involved in a hit-from-behind auto accident, and I've had recurrent back pain ever since. The idea that pain means injury or damage is deeply ingrained in the American consciousness. Of course, if the pain starts while one is engaged in a physical activity, it's difficult not to attribute the pain to that activity. But this pervasive concept of the vulnerability of the back, of ease of injury, is nothing less than a medical catastrophe for the American public. We now have an army of semi-disabled men and women whose lives are significantly restricted by the fear of doing further damage or bringing on the dreaded pain again. One often hears, I'm afraid of hurting myself again, so I'm going to be very careful of what I do. In good faith, this idea has been fostered by the medical profession and other healers for years. It has been assumed, without scientific validation of these diagnostic concepts, that neck, shoulder, back, and buttock pain is due to injury or disease of the spine and associated structures or due to incompetence of muscles and ligaments surrounding these structures. On the other hand, I have had gratifying success in the treatment of these disorders for 27 years based on a very different diagnosis. It has been my observation that the majority of these pain syndromes are the result of a condition in the muscles or nerves or tendons brought on by tension. And the point has been proven by the very high rate of success achieved with a treatment program that is simple, rapid, and thorough. Medicine's preoccupation with the spine draws on fundamental medical philosophy and training. Modern medicine has been primarily mechanical and structural in orientation. The body is viewed as an exceedingly complex machine, and illness is seen as a malfunction in the machine, brought about by infection, trauma, inherited defects, degeneration, and, of course, cancer. At the same time, medical science has had a love affair with the laboratory, believing that nothing is valid unless it can be demonstrated in that arena. No one would dispute the essential role the laboratory has played in medical progress. Witness penicillin and insulin, for example. Unfortunately, some things are difficult to study at the laboratory. One of these is the mind and its organ, the brain. The emotions do not lend themselves to test tube experiments and measurement, and so modern medical science has chosen to ignore them, buttressed by the conviction that emotions have little to do with health and illness anyway. My concept currently is that rage in the unconscious, which incidentally I believe to be universal in our society, 
is the emotion that necessitates physical symptoms like pain. The purpose of the pain is to make sure that the rage does not escape repression and become overt. Anxiety and depression are equivalents to the pain, since they, too, are reactions to the unconscious rage. The same may be said for phobias, panic reactions, and obsessive-compulsive disorders, also equivalents of the pain, reactions to the unconscious rage. Still, the majority of practicing physicians do not consider that emotions play a significant role in causing physical disorders, though many would acknowledge that they might aggravate a physically caused illness. In general, physicians feel uncomfortable in dealing with a problem that is related to the emotions. They tend to make a sharp division between the things of the mind and the things of the body, and only feel comfortable with the latter. Peptic ulcer of the duodenum is a good example. Although most physicians would claim that peptic ulcers are due to bacteria, it is my view that emotional factors are still the precipitating cause of the ulcer and that the presence of bacteria is only part of the process. Contrary to logic, however, the major focus in treatment is medical, not psychological, and drugs are prescribed to neutralize or prevent the secretion of acid. But failure to treat the primary cause of the disorder is poor medicine. It is symptomatic treatment, something we were warned about in medical school. But since most physicians see their role only as treating the body, the psychological part of the problem is neglected, even though it's the basic cause. In fairness, some physicians make an attempt to say something about tension, but it's often of a superficial nature like, you ought to take it easy, you're working too hard. Pain syndromes look so physical, it is especially difficult for doctors to consider the possibility that they might be caused by psychological factors, and so they cling to the structural explanation. In doing so, however, they are chiefly responsible for the pain epidemic that now exists in this country. If structural abnormalities don't cause pain in the neck, shoulder, back, and buttocks, what does? Studies and clinical experience of many years suggest that these common pain syndromes are the result of a physiologic alteration in certain muscles, nerves, tendons, and ligaments. This alteration is called the tension myositis syndrome, or TMS. Myo means muscle. Tension myositis syndrome is defined here as a change of state in a muscle or nerve or tendon that is painful. It's a harmless but potentially very painful disorder that is the result of